we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Tennis Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new SGPN Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Reichel, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Sam Jacob. And together, we got a lot of tournaments to go through. We have some hardcore stuff going on in Atlanta. We have some clay tournaments in Kitzbühel and Umag. But the locks and dogs have been a little bit cold recently, so we brought in a ringer. We brought in somebody who is, I'd say, an expert in stone-cold locks, and we brought in... Stone Labanowitz, the co-host of the Ken Lavica Live podcast for ESPN. Stone, how's it going? Thanks for coming on again. How have you been? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking to continue the winning ways from our uh, Wimbledon finals preview when I was last on. But like you said, a lot of tournaments to go through. Very busy week, uh, especially leading up now to the U.S. Open sooner or later, right around the corner. But excited to make some money. Yep. Sam, what about you? How are you doing? Stone is the catalyst. He's the lucky charm. That's how we made all that money in Wimbledon final. But, you know, my dogs on both last podcasts both hit. I know they're the same thing. But yeah, I, I meant the locks. The, your the dog locks, is I forgot you had the, I forgot you had top half of the bracket to a win, and Root ended up getting it done against Berrettini there at, I believe, even money, which you ended up getting before the tournament started. So, uh, that was a hell of a match. Uh, definitely ebbs and flows, but Root got it done. He was our pick before the tournament started. Shocker, we took the best, uh, probably the third best clay court player on the planet behind Nadal and Djokovic <laughs> to win a clay tournament. So that worked out. And then you had the other one, which was uh, Musetti against Alcaraz, which was a wild ride. I believe Musetti before the tournament started was around 40 to 1. Alcaraz was minus 150. We both thought that Alcaraz shouldn't have been laying 150 when the tournament started. But I, we both assumed going into the semis, he was going to kind of cruise. And Musetti looked like he was going to cruise, then choked, and then came back and won. So, you have any takeaways from either match, Sam? 
Uh, well, the Berrettini Rude match, we saw Berrettini play team in that semifinal, and Berrettini was just on. He was just hitting all his forehands, all his backhands, which was kind of surprising. It's all the best match serves. I've ever seen him play. It was, it was just, the, yeah, right. It was the best performance we've ever seen. But the way that Rude was able to defeat him was to be able to win that one set. Once he was able to win that second set in that tie break, he broke him down mentally. Berrettini was going for everything, and he ended up missing. You know, when you start going for, gold every single shot and you're not on like he was against team you, you start missing shots and that's what happened and Rude was able to take advantage of it yeah and Berrettini's forehand kind of self-destructed at some point in the middle of that second set but I was going to ask Stone what he thought about the matches on Sunday but I know that he's still a bit annoyed about what happened with one of the finals so you can only talk about the Berrettini Rude one because <laughs> the other one might make you upset <laughs> The other one will make me, make me really upset, so I'll make it quick. But, I mean, for Carlos to say those five championship points and climb out of the gutter, almost get screwed by the umpire at love 15 on that double bounce after one of his drop shots. That wasn't um, even close, by the way. It wasn't even close. And at what point are we going to start reviewing things? I know it'll elongate you know, the process and, and, and annoy fans and stuff. But It's too, it's too important. You got to review it's it. It's just too important. Like, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line like that love 30 you can assure that that Alcaraz is going to break I bet his percentage at love 30 is where it's like 80 percent so that was annoying saved two right there broke back ended up getting through that tie break down 6-3 in that tie break I almost feel like at this point he's inevitable at no matter what point during the tie break if he can he gave him the little ear flick like I can't yeah. hear you guys but ended up you know getting broke to lose the match which was annoying but speaking of Rude and Berrettini in that final man it was some of the best forehand tennis that I've ever seen in my entire life. Just literally trading like a sword fight. Awesome to see Rude come out. At the same time, not because I think that's his like eighth ATP 250 title on clay. All on clay. So, so he's been there, done that. Um, but two amazing matches and just helps the sport to, to be on Sunday. Just kind of popcorn matches left and right. Yeah, and I also brought up the matches on Sunday because it is worth mentioning. We're going to get to it. But for Umag, since they both played on Sunday, both Rude and uh, – sorry, and Kitzbühel, sorry, uh, which is going to be the first tournament we talk about, uh, both Rude and Berrettini were supposed to play, and they ended up withdrawing because they just played a whole tournament. So they decided to take the week off. And as a result, we're going to go through some of the odds. We got a fun favorite, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Well, before we actually start the breakdowns, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Make sure to get down on the Wins Bet $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet for their reduced juice in baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet MLB. And if you also bet $500 on sports or casino for July 31st, get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are loud there's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and make sure to check out our new discord server the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the sgpn crew just go to sports gambling podcast.com slash discord welcome back everyone to the tennis gambling podcast now it's time to go through the tournaments for this week and usually we have two tournaments this week we have three 
We'll try not to make this podcast two hours, but no promises. Starting off with Kitzbühel, you have Dominic Team as the favorite at around 4-1 to one because, of course, he is the hometown kid here in Austria. You have Batista Gut, who's second odds at around plus 600. Ramos Vinolas at around 7-1. to one. Uh, Karatsev at around 8-1. to one. Greek Spore, 850. Uh, Varius is around 12-1. to one. And Yevlahovic and Martinez and Coria and Sonigo all at 14-1. to one. Uh, Once again, you could shop around, probably find different odds available, but those are the odds I have right in front of me. Sam, I'm going to start off with you. You know we've been riding the team train, and unfortunately for us, that kicked our ass on Saturday morning because we stayed up to watch Berrettini kill him in about an hour and 10 minutes. But do you think teams should be favored, and are you picking him to win the tournament? I think team should be favored. I think he's the best player on clay right now. Uh, that Saturday morning performance on scoreboard is really nothing like what he, how he actually performed. He couldn't he play played, the game. He played very well, but yeah, he couldn't play. Berrettini was hitting winners. He was hitting his serves unbelievably well. Every single shot was going in. Like we said, it was the best performance by Berrettini. You can't really knock team in that match. I think he's getting better and better and better, and he's getting closer and closer to his full form. And I think he does deserve to be a favorite. But I will say this. Things are going to get crazy in this tournament. There's no, there's uh, no clear favorite. There's no, there's no Rude. There's no Berrettini. There's no guy like Alcaraz. Things are going to get wild. So, you know, we talked about in the, in the past going for those big numbers of those guys that are big underdogs plus 3,000 higher, whatever it may be. This is a tournament where you absolutely should go for that as well. Yeah, that's kind of going to be my approach. But, Stone, I'm going to ask you, you have any thoughts on team? I think personally I'm a bit concerned about fatigue because he's been so focused on trying to get back into form. He has been playing pretty much every week for the last couple of weeks on the ATP level. Does fatigue concern you, or do you think he should be favored and you plan on taking him in this tournament? Uh, I don't – I think, you know, I think he's a liability. I don't see him kind of going the distance and doing anything here, but it's been unique because I've been able – and I'm thankful enough at that to ride him to the point he's at right now. And I think the flip switch for him against Rusabori in Sweden, just battling, going back and forth, and then getting by a goot right after that. Like, things have completely clicked for him. And I do appreciate, you know, how active he is on social media. And he's not afraid to talk about anything. And he gives everybody an inside look on how he feels. And recently, he has said, I've been playing a lot of tennis, but I, you know, I'm going to continue to do so. It's what I need to do. I, I think the fatigue gets to him. Uh, Sam, like you mentioned, man, this is one where you can really find big, big plus money on, on a future. Or someone to win a quarter at big plus money and, and end up cashing. So I won't be on team as much here in Kitzbühel, but his first round, I'm a big juice guy and he's at plus 500. So to do it for the crowd, hopefully a big crowd shows up. I'll be on him early, but I don't know if I'll necessarily be fading him down the road. If he, even if he gets to a quarterfinal, but I don't really see him doing it here. I am going to throw it out there though, that he also is favored because in addition to being the hometown guy, he did win this tournament back in 2019. Now team at that point was the second best clay court player on the planet. So it's a little bit of a different story, but the point is he has done well here before. Kasparu did win it last year, but he ended up withdrawing. And other than that, though, yeah, team made the finals in 2014, lost to Gulfin, but he's made runs here in the past. We'll see what happens. But since it seems like all of us are potentially looking towards some long shots and looking for some value, uh, Sam, I'll let you go first. Is there one name that jumps off the page somewhere greater than 10 to 1? 
Oof. Uh, I, I would actually prefer looking for quarters. It's really tough to pick these winners when it's really just a toss-up on who's going to win this. You know, Any person can lose at any time in this kind of tournament, especially on clay. So I'm really looking at quarters and looking for people who are you know, plus 300 or higher. Uh, like in the first quarter, Pedro Martinez is one of those guys where the favorite is Ramos Vignolas in that quarter. Anyone could win. You get a plus 450 there. I know you're playing Nicholas Jari, who's one of Scott's favorite players. Tie-break right king, now, man. Tie-break king. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, some guys like Pedro Martinez here, or even like a Sonigo in the third quarter where the favorite is Karatsev, is a really good option at plus 300. Or Pedro Martinez, like I said before, plus 450. But when it comes to the real long shot to win the tournament, uh, it's going to be really tough. I can't, re- I can't really stick back one type of player here for me i see two that i'm tempted by and you just mentioned one of them for the quarter but i actually like him to potentially win the whole thing it's going to be pedro martinez and the reason why i'm bringing him up is because of the fact that i said casper rude won last year's tournament he was against pedro martinez in the final last year and martinez ended up taking a set there couldn't pull it off but martinez has done well and if you want to look at recent performances martinez has been playing pretty well on clay recently That first match should be a fun one between Martinez and Jari. I do think Martinez will get the job done there. I just think he's a better player on clay. And we know Jari's a great server, but he's kind of tiebreaker bust because he makes a lot of mistakes, just unforced errors. And I I think Martinez could wear him down. But Martinez took a set off Berrettini. He beat Yemmer, beat Taberner uh, in Gestad. I like the form. I think 14 to one is a good price. And the other option I'm looking at is also 14 to one. He's a guy who actually won earlier on Monday is going to be a guy who we've given out or recommended a couple of times. And he loses some heartbreaking matches, but it's going to be Coria at 14 to one. <laughs> I, I, I just like him. I think he's a good clay court player. And when you looked at how he performed uh, recently, I know sometimes he ends up losing some matches that are very winnable, But he's against good competition. He usually shows up. The only question is, can he actually get over the hump instead of losing in some heartbreaking uh, three-set fashion like to Rublev a couple weeks ago, for example. But he's a very good clay court player. And if you want to look at his performances, he did end up beating Gareen in straight sets on Monday. Gareen's been hit or miss, but I do like the fact that he looked pretty sharp against a very talented clay player. I think 14-1 to on those two guys makes a lot of sense. That's where I'm going to personally invest. But what about you, Stone? What do you like? I'll hang out in the quarters section, too, with Sam. I, you know, I don't think that uh, I want the headache, personally, as a better in taking some of these 14-to-1 guys. But I think you nailed it with Federico Correa. I mean, he looked so good today. And I know me and you both were on that over. And Christian Green was somewhat of a square play. But somebody has to make you a square play. And I think Correa did that today. I mean, he's so good. He's big. He's powerful. And he's able to do both. I think he's so well-balanced. And that quarter, I think, is wide open. Yeah. I think Nico Jari and Pedro are going to end up tiring each other out, so someone's going to be liable to go down. But Rias has been super hot. I don't think ARV is going to scare anybody. I think Correa is live at plus 330 to win that first quarter. And then I'm going to go down there with Lorenzo Sanego at plus 300 to win that third quarter. I mean, it's really Aslan or nobody. I don't think anybody gives these guys trouble. It's always cool when you're looking at quarter prices and then first-round matchups because – Lorenzo Senego to win that third quarter is at plus 300, and Pablo Andahar is at plus 700, and Senego tomorrow morning, I believe, is only minus 200. He's two to one, so it's unique. I think that with the odds so separated, you know, 400 points, 
I'm going to go with Sonego to win that quarter. I think 300 is going to dip down a lot tomorrow, and he'll match Aslan at, at, at plus 150, plus 170. So Sonego and Correa are, are two of my quarter plays that I think are absolutely live and barking. Do we want to make a case for anybody besides Batista Good in the second quarter? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think Jao Sosa, but, I mean, we need to see what kind of – how he wants to come out. He's somebody – if the effort's there – from the first day, from that Monday, Tuesday, he's always, you know, a good plus money play, or he's always, you can take a stab at him taking a set at minus 110 if he's a big underdog. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't unless, you know, you have a, a pair of balls on you. But other than that, no, I don't think so. And he looked very good today, one straight sets, but he played Capriva. I'm sure yeah. half the people listening to this never heard of Capriva. So you look good <laughs> against the guy he was supposed to look good against. So I'm not going to read yeah. much into that one. I think if I was going to make a case for anybody, it would maybe be Laheka, who I thought looked pretty good. But in reality, Batista Good is so rock solid. And I do think as a result, he's just going to wear down the other people in the quarter because of his brick wall mentality. I think he's going to force Souza especially into a bunch of unforced errors. And I think Batista Agut should probably win that quarter. I actually like minus 105. Batista Agut's been very solid. He lost that thrilling match against Team, and he looked good throughout the throughout a decent portion of that match. It's probably my favorite quarter, of course, because you know we talked about how it's going to be a crazy tournament. But I think Batista Agut should be a bigger favorite than minus 105. I, I really think he should be closer to minus 130, minus 140. I just think he's proven time and time again that he's a reliable option. And the serve's a question mark, but it's clay. So that goes right out the window, and I yeah. do think that he should eventually win the quarter, in my opinion. Sam, you? Um, I'm scared with Bautista. I, I, can't, I don't think I can back him. He's, been, he's played, uh, what is it, four matches on clay this year. He, had a lot of, he was off pretty much a lot of the clay tournaments. I don't think he played in the French Open. He and he's won, he's won one match all year long on clay. So if there's one guy that I would pick in this in this quarter, I'm going with Rodionov at plus 700. Okay. I'm going for the long shot that gives me the most value here because, I, like I said before, if Bautista's losing to guys like Varias, why can't he lose to a guy like Rodionov who has a home crowd on his side? He's Austrian also. Uh, and then he would have to play either Electrica or Sousa, where I think that would be a coin flip if he actually wins against Bautista. So if, if anyone in that quarter, in my opinion, I'm going with Rodionov at plus seven. Yeah, to, to Sam's point, I mean, it is unique. Agut only played four on clay, and this is a tournament full of rats. I think Nico Jari has only played on clay this season and guys like ARV and, and you know Juan Pablo Varias. I mean there's so Pedro there are so many rats on here I think Duzon feels comfortable where he's at right now so I, I, I do agree I think it's wide open and for the guys who haven't been on the clay as much as the other ones they're liable I think the tournament's wide open but personally I'm taking a good tech to actually win the quarter but either way I already mentioned my outrights. I believe both of you uh, chickened out and went with quarters instead. <laughs> Do you want to throw out one outright, or should we just move on to Umak? Uh, I'm 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 happy with my quarters at the plus four fifties, plus seven hundreds, and plus three hundreds. You can give me you can give me Federico Correa. Okay, welcome aboard, and I'll go with two. I got Correa and Martinez at both fourteen to one. So besides that, time to move on to Umag. And you have Alcaraz as the favorite at minus 120. Sinner has the second lowest odds at plus 400. Nice to see him back in action. You have Baez at plus 850. Musetti at 13 to 1. 
uh, showing Rude and Berrettini that you can play after winning a tournament. So we'll see how Musetti's stamina holds up. Uh, you have Rune at 14-1. to 1. Yeah, I'm throwing Rune out. Guys killed me back-to-back tournaments. I have no interest. <laughs> uh, Molkan at 18-1. to 1. You have Dejir at 20-1. to 1. And Munar 20-1. to 1. A couple other options for long shots, but that's basically it. So first of all, a side note, Dejir. Keep an eye on him because I believe he's around one tiebreaker or two tiebreakers away from the all-time record for most consecutive lost tiebreakers. I believe he's at wow. 17 straight lost wow. tiebreakers, which is – I think it, it's either 17 or 18 now. But, yeah, I, I double-checked it. It's one of the funniest, like, stretches I've ever seen. He can't win a breaker to save his life. So <laughs> just keep that in mind if you want to back him. But or if you're live betting for breakers, just bet against the year. It's like, it's at least 17 straight. It's something absurd, but uh, Alcaraz, another minus favorite. We saw him losing the final last week. You think he gets it done or do you think he does not? He has won at Umag before, but I'll ask you first, Sam, what do you think? Um, I think this is a time where he does get it done. Uh, like we have said before, I, I wouldn't take him at the minus 120. I think that he does win this tournament though. I think, now that he's had a couple of clay uh, court matches uh, and he's played them, I, he made it to the final, lost in devastating fashion. Yes, Musetti pretty much dominated the whole match, but I think this experience that he got in the previous tournament will lead him to win this tournament. But uh, minus 120, like we said in the last in the last tournament, it's just too much. It's just too much uh, for someone who has to play so many rounds in a clay court tournament. Um, I do think Yannick Sinner, though, is also a great option. He he performed very well earlier this year. Um, but if I'm going with somebody like a long shot, I'm doing what I do usually and going with quarters uh, that don't have these big names. And I got to go with someone like Baez. You know, he's he, he he's proven himself to be one of those guys that could um, – could handle a test of some sort. Yes, he did lose to Cerndolo uh, in that match in the finals, but he was able to get to the finals. You know, he's this very scrappy clay court player, and I think he has a good shot easily to win the quarter. I don't know if Musetti's even going to play or if he's going to withdraw maybe in the second round or something. So I would go with Baez to win that quarter. But other than that, I think Alcaraz does take it. Can't take the minus 120, though. I'm still salty that Baez lost me that final against Sarundalo because I had 20 to 1 on Baez to win that tournament, which was just very unfortunate. But Stone, what say you? I mean, I think Alcaraz does get it done. And I think what I'm looking at most is the revenge factor. Sinner just beat him up, you know, in uh, England. And I think Alcaraz knows that. I think typically on a bounce back, whenever he's lost to somebody, he tends to dominate. But Sinner did beat him up pretty bad. So he my didn't heart get broken says. The entire match. Didn't get broken the entire match, and lucky Alcaraz is just an inevitable tiebreak god and snuck that out. I think 10-8, if I remember correctly, in that third set. Yeah, Sinner had a match point or two, and Alcaraz fought it off. Just fought it off, like he always does. So I like him. My heart says Alcaraz, but you know, my brain says Sinner. I mean, I think this field, you know, compared to those two, is pretty weak. I think Sevi Baez is a good look down there. I think he has, you know, like Sam said, I think he hit the nail on the head. He has passed a few tests and proven to us that, you know, we're allowed to bet on him, and we're not stupid for doing so if he does come up, you know, plus 400 against a guy like Unique Center and stuff. But I don't think there's anybody in this field. I, Alcaraz will blow the doors off of Olga Rune if uh, he can even manage to get there. He's burnt us all, you know, these past two weeks. I made and a I don't case, think he... but Rune hasn't won a match in either of those tournaments. I can't. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I completely agree with you. So he's fade material at this point, but at the same time, Carlos, I think is going to be minus 700, 800 against him, which will be cool to see. So I'll, I, I think he gets it done. I don't think I'll be making a future quarter play here, man. I don't like this field. I think Carlos and center meet in the final. And at that point, I'll then take a stab at somebody, most likely Carlito, but minus 120, man, it's unplayable. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, since it seems like we're all expecting Alcaraz to win the tournament, do either of you have a long shot candidate, maybe somewhere over, hell, 15 to 1? Uh, let's take a look here. It, it all it's all a matter of the draw. Yeah. Like I like I said before, I'm looking I'm looking at the quarters that don't have the big names. Uh, so I mean, the, the third quarter has Baez, it has Musetti. It's very tough to choose between there. Um, I think, let's see here. What was his number? Um, uh, Malken is eighteen to one. He played nice. Very, he played very well. Uh, against Alcaraz in the previous tournaments. Alcaraz did end up smoking him later on, but he played very well. Um, Yannick Sinner, he's definitely definitely an opponent that you don't want to face early, but that would be in the quarterfinals. So I'm going to go with Malkan at 18-1 to 1 if I have to choose one that's a long shot. But like I did last tournament in these uh, clay court tournaments, I'm, I'm going with quarter bets, if anything. And what about you, Stone? I agree completely with Sam. I think Alex Malkin is the only one that, that has a shot. And luckily, he'll get his opportunity in the quarterfinals because it's going to be center. But there's really nobody else, man. There's really nobody else. And I think Alex Malkin is the only one who has a chance. And I see it pretty low, in, in my opinion, at five. And he's looked really good lately. Um, I think that's the only one I would throw a flyer on. Center, I think I'm a little bit concerned about because he has not played a clay court match since the French Open. And now he's having the surface change. So I am kind of curious if he's going to struggle early mm-hmm. on. I do have one serious long shot, which I'm kind of tempted by. I don't think he's actually going to win the tournament, but I am tempted by it because he is on the other side of Alcaraz. He's a former champion in this tournament. And it's going to be Marco Cecchinato. And I like oh, him at God. 50 to 1. 50 wow. to 1 to, to win the tournament. You're going to give me a former winner at 50 to 1. That's pretty tempting to me. And if you look at the overall uh, draw, not that bad. Uh, next round, he would be playing Musetti or Bedin. I'm still not sure if Musetti's actually going to play or not. But potentially Dejir or Baez, I think he might have a shot there. It's a long shot. But if I want to make a case, a former champion who, hell, even beat Djokovic in the French Open several years ago, so I know that he can play on clay very well. 50 to 1? I think it's worth a couple of dollars. Some pizza money on that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I respect that. It depends on if Musetti's going to be playing or not. Point is, we don't know, so why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he he would meet Bias though. He would meet Bias in that quarter. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't see Musetti playing in this. I think he just got his uh, his bag, his check. So Chechenato could, you know, just scoot on by to Sebi Bias. And I, I, I mean, at that point, what is Sebi Bias in that matchup? Minus minus three fifty, four fifty. I don't think they, you know, they go take him any higher than that. So. I can see what you mean by 50 to 1 if you're getting, you know, plus 250 or plus 275 to sneak into the, you know, the semis. And he's not on Alcaraz's side, which I think helps. Right. So, so I understand it as far as pizza, pizza money goes. I think you're, uh, <laughs> I don't mind you at all. Yeah. I mean, once again, I said I don't think he's going to win. But 50 to 1 for a former <laughs> champion, I think, is definitely appealing, in my opinion. But anything else you guys want to add before we get into the Atlanta 
Yeah, I think unfortunately in this tournament for the uh, tournament for the home crowd, I don't think any Croats are going to get out of the first round. Kachinata already beat one of them, Polishak, and Zapata Marias is going to play Prismic. They're all wild cards here. And then you have Molkan playing Adjukovic, who is uh, the last Croat of the field. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see much of them. Well, you're looking for one thing when you hear Croatian Open. You think, where the hell is Cilic? It's the first thing you think of. He's not in the tournament, so of course no Croatian's going to win Great the tournament. Point. Yeah. Great point. But, I mean, you mentioned the youngster who lost to Kecinato today. Keep an eye on him moving forward. He did win the um, boys' Wimbledon, so he actually oh. could be a solid player moving forward. But he ended up taking a set. Good for him. But, yeah, Sam, you're right. It's not like you have a team in – uh, Kitzbühel, where you actually have a guy who has a series shot to win. Like, Croatia's, I'd be shocked if they made it to the third round. Anybody. They're going to be out early. But I think at the end of the day, we're all picking Alcaraz. And we mentioned a couple of maybe some other shots there, but he's the defending champion. He just lost last, last week in heartbreaking fashion. We know Alcaraz has stamina for days, so I think he could actually overcome the potential fatigue issues. But the field isn't great, and Alcaraz is clearly the best player, at least on, on clay in my opinion. So yeah, I, I, I think that Daniels, I think Daniel Altmaier, I, I guess he's the name we should have thrown out there because I think he's, he's beaten good players before. I think he recently took the first set off Zverev and I think he's beaten Zverev somewhere along good, the line. But the, un, the unforced error counts a bit concerning at times. Yeah. I love him tomorrow though at, at plus plus one twenty. I'm a huge fan of him taking Corinna Maltet out. Yeah. Um, but you know, I rode Daniel Gallen today as you did as well. Um, versus Fabio Fagnini. So I think riding the Daniels back-to-back days so should, should cash for us. Just a little nugget I'll throw in there. Yeah, I'm going to throw uh, out another long shot also. I just saw it. Zabata oh Mariah. <laughs> Zabata Marias in the second quarter has only to play this, the crowd that I mentioned. He is a minus 12.50 to beat him. Then he plays Holger Rune, who has destroyed us in the past. So I'll fade him. Destroyed and us because he's been bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, and then he has to play either Zapieri or Galan. That's 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 pretty pretty easy quarter for him at forty to one. He'll have to play Alcaraz in the semis, but uh, you never know. At forty to one, that's not bad. Yeah, that's definitely an option there. I, that's one of those bets where you pray they drop quarter odds so you can just slam it if you have the opportunity. <laughs> I love but it. I love we'll that. We'll see. Either way, uh, I think it's time to transition over to the hard courts. Uh, one tournament actually preparing people for the U.S. Open. Uh, you have the Isner Invitational. That's not actually what it's called. But it's won the <laughs> tournament about 40 times. And for this one, I'm going to let Stone read off the odds. Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. I, let me see, let me get back to where I was. But Kyrgios, I believe, is the favorite at plus 550 to, to do it. And then Isner follows him at plus 650. Sorry, it's low enough. I had the draw in front of me. And then Alex Dimonar. Is that plus 800? Brooksby, plus 850. Opelka, plus 850 as well. And Nakashima sits there at plus 1100. So those are really all that they're presenting for us. So curious, the slight favorite over Isner. Do you think that's fair? Uh, 100%. 100%. We talked about earlier before the show started, we did get into the Isner Invitational. And I mean, he's coming right off of grass. And I don't necessarily think that matters because serve stays fast. And I think... He'll be fine. That serve will carry him through, you know, where he needs to get. But at the same time, Karyos, the serve looks better than it has in his entire career. Yeah. And I think he'll be a little pissed off, a little excited to get, you know, back into the States 
and, and kind of ball out in Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I do think he's deserving of this. So I, I brought up the question of if Kyrgios should be favored or not because, of course, he's the better player. But I called it the Isner Invitational for a reason. To go through the numbers, Isner's won this tournament six times. He's made the final nine times. He's played in 41 career matches on the, in this tournament. He's won 36 of the 41 matches. Uh, it's the highest win percentage of anybody, 87.8%. And he's appeared in a record 11 times. So I called it the Isner Invitational because they'll probably name the main court after him when he retires because he's been there every single year because, of course, he is uh, from Georgia. So there you go. But either way, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts there, Sam. Do you think that Kyrgyz should be favored or do you think that Isner should be because it's his backyard? Uh, it's close. I would say you got to go with Kyrgios on this one. He's clearly the better player. And when you have someone who could serve as well as Kyrgios, you know, I hate to say it, but if you have somebody who could serve as well as Kyrgios, then it's going to be, it's going to be tough to beat him. Uh, I see a bunch of that. If they end up meeting in the finals, which is what the draw, uh, would present to us, there'd be a lot. I think it's going to go tie break, tie break, tie break, something yep. like that. Um, but I do think Kyrgios should be favored over Isner, but only slightly. Yeah, I also, just for clarification, he's not actually from Atlanta, Georgia. He's from North Carolina, but he went to college at Georgia. So he's yeah. very familiar with the area. So just for clarification, he gets a huge crowd with him every time he goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a big, very big problem for Isner, and I don't think he gets out of the uh, second round because the the young savage, the Florida Gator, the 19 year old Ben Shelton, uh, I, I think's ready. Kid. And the kid, the kid, I, I think <laughs> uh, I'll hit at one of my locks. Um, he's minus 160 tomorrow morning, but I do like him against Isner, man. I think if he can just pick correctly and steal the first set, I think his odds go down to. I don't know, plus 120, and then it becomes a liability there. I'll be taking Ben Shelton against Isner in the second round. Yeah, Shelton looked good in the Challenger event right before <laughs> Yeah, this. he did. He did get very lucky because Van Rithoven was up a set, and he got injured, and he had to withdraw. Yes. So Shelton was yes. in there. I, I, he was a crazy plus price, too, and he won down a set via retirement, which is something you don't mm-hmm. see that often. But Shelton's definitely a, an American to keep an eye on, potentially, for the rest of this tournament. Uh, Sam, I know that you personally despise Kyrgios, but did he win you over in Wimbledon? You picking him or you picking somebody else? Um, it's, it's tough. I, I hate to say it, but I am going to have to pick Kyrgios on this one. Ben Shelton, by the way, coach is his father, born and raised in Atlanta. That's going to go. be a tough one for Isner. Yes, sir. When it, yes, when, it sir. Come, when it comes to the hometown crowd, I think they'll come, we'll probably show up for Shelton even more than Isner in that one. Um, I still think Isner is probably going to land the victory in that match, <laughs> but still something to look at for sure. Um, Curios I saw earlier today was plus 160 in his quarter, and that one I think is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's – Almost nobody that can really challenge Kyrgios except for one person, and that's Kyrgios himself. The only person that can challenge him is himself, especially because he's changing surface. But, you know, if, if he pulls one of those I don't want to be here anymore situations, you know, then he's going to destroy himself. But uh, otherwise, to go through the matches, he has Gojocic to play, who he's like, a, I think he's minus 750 against him. Then he'll have to play Kokonakis or Martin. I'd love to see him play Kokonakis. That would just be a fun time. But, I, 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 would lo- I, would, I wonder what their head-to-head is, actually. I, I do want to take a look at that. I'm then assuming they haven't played that much because Kyr- Kokonakis is constantly injured. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to take a look at that one. But then he'll have to play uh, the winner of Duckworth Kepfer versus Demon Hour in the next round. But curious at plus 160 there. There's no names at all that really can compete too much against him besides Demon Hour, who I'm not such a big fan of, and I'm not going to trust him compared to Kyrgios, who has monster serves on hard court if he wants to. So plus 160 is where I'm at. I'm also going to throw it out there that both Kyrgios and Demon Hour actually won this tournament. Kyrgios won in 2016. Demon Hour won in 2019. So Kyrgios has been before. So is Demon Hour. But the service points stand, of course, that Kyrgios is one of the best servers in the ATP Tour, and Demin Hour is not even top 50. So that's something to keep in mind. But uh, I'll ask you, Stone, who are you picking? <sighs> this one's tough. I, I, I don't think that I will have the confidence to bet Kyrgios over Demon Hour when they get there. I do think Demon Hour has it. I do think he can be that pesk and can run line to line and kind of keep up with them, keep up with them. And he's going to have to steal a tiebreak from him because he knows Kyrgios is going to take him to six games, and you know whether he likes it or not. But I do think Demonar has it. So here's one I'll be staying off of, or most likely I'll play Kyrgios outright, and then I'll I'll sprinkle some on Demonar, probably plus two hundred, two fifty, you know, whatever he ends up being when they meet. Because I don't think anybody challenges either of them along the way. But I don't know. I'm not too confident in Kyrgios because I do like. Alex Demonar's chances here. Well, I mean, Kira's also a lunatic, so that kind of speaks for itself. But I yeah, was going could to be ask, anything. Yeah, I was going to ask, though, for the potential long shots in this tournament. It seems like a lot of us think that it might end up being a little bit top heavy, either with Kyrgios, Isner, or Demonauer. Are there any other potential long shots that you're interested in for this tournament? Um, also, uh, I just want to throw in Kyrgios versus Kokonakis. Uh, you're right. Never happened. That's yeah, because they, they play doubles together all the time, head. but he's always injured in singles. I don't have the odds up in front of me, but from what I'm looking at in the draws, um, I know he's also a madman, but Francis Tiafo. You know, he's also one of those Americans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's one of those Americans who you never know what's going to happen with him. He could play great. He could play not so great. He has a draw of uh, playing Taro Daniel in the next round and then has to play Nakashima versus Millman. I saw Nakashima uh, today, earlier today, had a heavy favorite to win the quarter for some reason. Uh, I don't think he's that dominant. He went three sets against Jordan Thompson. So, I'm not so set on him, uh, so I'll take Tiafo as a as a long shot here, who could maybe get out of this quarter, and we'll see. He'll he'll have to play Isner, and then we'll, we'll see what happens there. But if I'm picking one, it's Tiafo. And Stone, what were the odds you set on uh, Tiafo? Um, Tiafo, I believe, was at plus eight fifty. Okay. So a little uh, odd. Just tell me about odd. you. You got a potential long shot or sleeper candidate besides Shelton, or, or Shelton going to be your guy? <laughs> Shelton's not going to be my guy. I think he's probably 100 to 1. Uh, I think Opelka would be a flyer there. If these guys really do end up loving these courts and they're a little faster than they have been in the past, I can't see why he can't hang around. Uh, Demonar, I do like, though. I, I, I think Demonar would be my long shot, and I don't necessarily think it's that high. If you guys could tell me what it is. Him, well, I guess they weren't even presented outright, so that's how I know he's higher than 10 to 1. I was the one giving out the odds. I apologize, but I don't know. Pelka or Demon R to me, I don't think Tiafo, I don't think Nakashima really have it in him. It's a little odd to me that Nakashima was as big of a favorite as he was today. 
But I was really looking forward to that Tiafo Sebastian Corda rematch. I know the last one was spicy. Um, so a little upset about that. Toro, I don't think, gives him any trouble. Whether, you know, people believe it or not, I know he'll be a public dog play tomorrow or, or whether it's Tuesday. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go Demonar or O'Reilly Opelka at, 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 you know, plus 1,100 and, and plus 1,500 or higher for Demonar. But ah, no confidence in this one either. Yeah, for me, I'm personally passing on Opelka. I have really just not been impressed by what I've seen. I know, I know of course, it's back in America. It's on hard court. It's going to yeah. be a tie, tiebreaker central, but mm-hmm. I really have not liked what I've seen for the last couple months. So I'm going to stay away from him to win an, an actual tournament. Of course, he won a couple uh, last year. He had the ridiculous matches against Isner in that final in – I'm trying to remember what that was. He, they played on clay in Houston. I think he also beat him in Dallas, right? I think. I think so. That yeah, sounds about I, right. Okay. I know he definitely beat him on clay in Houston. I'm pretty sure he won in Dallas. But I think that was the longest tiebreaker of all time. Uh, which Opelka ended up winning. But either way, point is, that, that's in the past. I need to wait and see if Opelka can get his form back before I jump in. For me, I think I am going to go with Kyrgios. I'm hoping that something from Wimbledon stuck with him. He's still going to yell at the Cherums. He's still going to make a scene. But I'm hoping internally he realized he has the potential to actually win a lot of matches. And I think that since he's won here before, that might do a lot for his confidence. Then again, we saw him win previously in the City Open, and then Sam and I went, and he blew up and retired in the first round against Sangren. So it can go either way. But the point is, I'll go with Kyrgios. My long shot, though, is actually going to be Nakashima if I had to pick one guy. Yeah, played in the final here last year. That's, that was my point. He played in the tie bre- He played in the final last year. He did beat Isner last year at some point. So I know that he can beat Isner on hard court. Uh, I don't remember if that was Acapulco he beat Isner, but I know he beat him at some point on hard court. But if you're going to give me the runner-up at – I don't know what the odds are, though. Stone, do you have that in front of you? So, uh, Nakashima's, I don't believe we're present. Here, I'll pull it back up here. I was staring at the draw. If you're not present. Plus, plus 1, 000, oh, so, not, Nakash- yeah, Nakashima was, you know, uh, plus 1,100. Okay. So, for 1,100 for, for the defending runner-up, I don't mind it. Now, the serve might be a bit concerning – he also made the quarters of Wimbledon, so he has been playing very solid. I think that he might be the American with the brightest future right now, besides maybe Taylor Fritz, if you even count Fritz, because he's already like a top 10 guy. Where is Fritz? Where is Fritz in this tournament? He should be playing. It's a great question. Uh, he's still mourning over the loss to Nadal in uh, the Wimbledon. Uh, he's probably on vacation with his really hot girlfriend. Could be. Oh, uh, oh okay. The point true. is, I like Nakashima. The serve can be inconsistent, but his court coverage is fantastic. And I also like the fact that he went five against Kyrgios in Wimbledon. And I like how he has a poker face all the time. Oh, he yeah. doesn't throw rackets. He doesn't make a noise. He's just focused on the game. And I do think that Nakashima has had success here before. So I think 11-1 to 1 is a pretty solid option there. But I'm going to take Kyrgios. I just think the serve is going to be the difference. And his record in tiebreaker surprisingly not great this year, which is a bit concerning for, for Nick. But I do think he'll get it done. But we'll see. So anything what else about, you guys want to add? What about taking somebody in that quarter with Opelka? Like, uh, I know you're uh, kind of uh, leaning towards being fond of him at this point with his play. But Jack Sock at 33-1? to 1? With him, at, he has to play Tommy Paul, which is a tough match, but then he has to play yeah. Soon Wu Kwan and then Opelka after that if Opelka beats Helis or Vashka. So if you're against, if you don't think Opelka is going to be in true form here, he might be a good play. 
I wanted to make a case for like an Avashka or somebody seriously long, like a long shot, but he, he's played one hard court this uh, match this year. I, I can't take Avashka, but I thought about it. Sock is a guy who I backed in Newport. He made me money against uh, Albert in the first round. The movement is still not there for me. I feel like his court coverage is not up to par, and he's also going to play doubles, I'm sure, because he's the yeah. uh, he's, he's always involved in doubles. So I think he should end up being a little bit fatigued. You mentioned a name that I'm kind of interested in, though. Any thoughts on Tommy Paul? Uh, he he plays Jack Sock in that in that first game. I That's why he brought it up. But we know yeah. that Paul had a pretty decent run there in Wimbledon. He lost to the hometown kid there, but he lost to Nori in a I believe a straight set match. But Paul's been solid. And if you want to take a spin with Tommy Paul, uh, I would go either way. I mean, it depends on the odds here. I would I see Tommy. Yeah, so Paul I, from, yeah, I think you know? Tommy Paul's mine. He's Oh, are we talking outright? I know he's minus 160 tomorrow over Sock. But I think yeah, he should I thought, be favored over Sock. Yeah, I know he's favored over Sock by just a little bit. And, and I'm surprised, that they, I, like you said, just kind of his court coverage, I figured he'd be a bigger underdog. So that scares me. But I think Tommy Paul's worth a parlay leg tomorrow, if you ask me. Yeah, and I don't know exactly how many foreigners have been in the tournament in the past. But if you want to go through the tournament's history, which started in 2010, only two non-American players have ever won, and they're both Australian. Americans <laughs> have won every other every other year. Well, one of them was Kyrgios, right? Kyrgios and Deminauer. Uh, but besides right. that, you had Isner who won it six times, and then you had Andy Roddick who won it once, and Marty Fish, throwback there, who won it in 2010 and 2011. So if you want to go based on history and trends, probably have a shot with an American. Yeah, I don't mind Tommy Paul. I mean, he's he has like a two to one win to loss ratio on hard court this year. He's fourteen and seven. He's got plenty of matches under his belt. It's really tough when they're changing surfaces, like I always have been saying. But uh, if you're going for a long shot here, Tommy Paul has been doing well on hard court. He's in the Opelka quarter. Uh, I don't mind Tommy Paul either, uh, around fifteen to one. Yeah, and you mentioned changing surfaces. I think the one counterpoint to that is Sock is also changing surfaces, so therefore it cancels each other out. Everyone's changing surfaces. That's the point. So I'm not really worried about the transition when everyone's making the transition at the same time. Right. Scott, do you, have, do you have Tommy straight setting, Jack? Do you have those odds presented in front of you? Uh, let me pull that up. Uh, because I, I guess, I, I I'm do, guessing you like it. Uh, yeah, I most definitely like it. I think, you know, if they do want to go tiebreaking, Tommy squeaks that out. I think you can go ahead and, and lock that second set up with a bow on it. Jack will, Jack will kind of throw in the towel. The surface change him being fatigued, and if Tommy wants to run back and forth being the five seed here and having a little bit of confidence, I can see if Tommy Paul, no matter how he gets out of that first set, that second set's going to go to minus 250, I think, live. And, and I like that. I know it's going to be probably a good plus. I see plus 155. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it would be a little juicier than that, but I, I do think that's worth the play, too. Uh, plus 155, Tommy Paul, a straight set, Jack saw. I was going to say, if you want the games, you can get Paul minus one and a half games at minus 120. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's an option. But we're going to save the actual match picks uh, in a second. Anything else you guys want to talk about for the outrights for any of the three tournaments, or should we just move on? I'll throw in – what is Ben Shelton? Uh, I think he's uh, – you mean against Romanathon, or you mean in the actual oh, outright? I guess outright. I, I just want to hear it. I think he said I, it was 100 so, to 1, right? 100 to 1? <laughs> that's just fine. I made that off the top of the head, but I'm sure we're pretty close there. Um, but, I'm assuming it'll be close to like 70 to one or something, but yeah, I would imagine, but I do, I will throw in yeah. there. 
And we'll throw in there Nick Kyrgios and um, Kokonakis are currently playing doubles right now. And we're down 6 1 in that first set tiebreak and ended up just getting out of it 9 to, or I believe 10 to 8. So that's hype. Kyrgios, Kokonakis getting after it earlier. Kyrgyz back at it again. So we'll see yes, what sir. happens there. But Shelton is favored against Romanathon in the first round. If it makes you feel any better, do I think he should be favored? No, but he is. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for the outrights. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about the lock and dog segment for the actual picks on matches, not the outrights, right after a word from our sponsor. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private information to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, on computers, tablets, phones, even fire sick devices while streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. Plus, IP Vanish has a great deal in place. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months absolutely free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Dave. We've all been in a situation or two at some point in our lives we were a little bit short on cash. Maybe you can only afford a couple of gallons of gas or maybe you got another save the date and you're wondering how you're supposed to afford a gift. That is where Dave can help you. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, buy a wedding gift, or even to catch up on your bills. All you have to do is download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. And now it's time for the fun portion. We get to give out some thoughts on the matches. We talked about the outrights, but now it's time for the lock and dog segment. Sam, I'll let you go first. What is going to be your lock for the Tuesday card? All right, so I'm going to the Austrian tournament here in Kitzbühel. Uh, we mentioned uh, one of these players. He has a, he has a nice path to be able to win one of the quarters, and he has a decent price. But I'm actually going to go with the over in the match between Andujar and Sonego, 21.5 and minus 140. Uh, both of these guys are pretty evenly matched. Sonego sits at a minus 200 money line. But if you look at each one of their matches recently, all of them have went over for Sonego. That's 21.5 pretty much. 21.5 um, play. Uh, Andujar 
has been doing well on clay tournaments, been playing more challengers, but he's been he's been good on clay in the past, and I think that twenty one and a half is a low number. They obviously get there with a six four, uh, seven five, or a seven six six three, which helps a lot. But if it goes three sets, it's a lock there. It's over. So I'm going to go with the over 21 and a half in the Andujar Sonego match. Okay. And what about your dog? My dog is what I, I mentioned it before. I don't know why it's so high. It's curious to win that quarter in Atlanta. Uh, he has a guy in Gojochik in the first, in the first round where he's a minus 750. Then he has to play his boy Kokonakis or Martin, depending on who wins. But like, uh, there's nobody in the quarter really that really cha- challenges Kyrgios's talent. If demon hour, I guess, but I'm not, I'm not sold on him. You get a plus 160 there with a guy who's automatically going to make it pretty much to the second round if he doesn't explode himself. Uh, but at plus 160, I think, is a great price. That's going to be my dog here. Okay. And what about you, Stone? What do you like for a walk? So I'll start in Kitzbühel with my lock and over 22 and a half games with Nico Jari and Pedro Martinez. I mean, Nico is bound to give us a tie break. And I'm surprised this isn't actually at 23 and a half. Because seven six six four gets this one over the hump, so uh, I think in his past, you know, fifteen sets, I think thirteen of them have been tie breaks. Now I'm making that set up, but I know it's not that far off. He has been tie break after tie break after tie break after tie break, and Pedro loves to surface. I honestly think Pedro gets this one done, but I, I have a feeling this goes three, or we can squeeze that out. So over twenty two and a half games with Nico Jar and Pedro Martinez would be my lock. Okay, and what is going to be your dog? My dog is actually going to be a three-leg parlay that the odds spit out to plus 122, but I'm going to go Nick Kyrgios at minus 700, Kokonakis at minus 700, and then throw in there the Florida Gator, the hometown favorite, Ben Shelton tomorrow at minus 160 versus Ramanathan, the old Indian man. Um, The odds spit out to plus 122. So I think pairing those three um, should be a pretty fun Pretty fun parlay to kind of keep your eyes on all day, especially if Ben Shelton gets it done because he's on the court earlier. And also, as a dog, I love Daniel Altmaier versus Karina Maltet. I think that, you know, him at plus 110, you know, the bigger player, the stronger serve, you know, they're two very athletic guys, but I'll take the bigger serve and the more level-headed guy. So last thing I want to do is ride with Maltet and, uh, on a surface like this. Okay. Uh, I can definitely understand both of those. I thought about giving out uh, Altmeyer. decided not to. Uh, for my uh, – what do I want to do here? Uh, for my lock, uh, what, what do I want to do? I really thought about Del Bonus. The question is, do I have the guts to actually pull the trigger on Del Do it, do it, do but, it, do it. Uh, this match should be a war. I, I really want to take Pedro Martinez at minus 130. I just think that he's going to win the match. Uh, defending runner-up, he's experienced. I think that definitely plays a factor. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm actually going to do it. I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's not maybe not going to be the easiest match in the world, but I am going to go with Pedro Martinez on the money line. Jari's a guy who has a lot of talent, but the issue is he really does not move too well side to side. He's solid when it comes to breakers or getting there, but he just lost two breakers to Ramos Vanolas, who's never really been a good tiebreak guy. I think Martinez is a really good player. And I think that it took him a little while to fully transition over from uh, grass to clay. But he's looked good. Beat Taberner, beat Yemmer, and even took a set off of Berrettini. He almost won in straight sets. He was up 5-1 in the second set tiebreak, and then he fell apart. 
But yeah. he actually could have won that in straight sets. I think he's the much better player. So I'm going to go with the uh, yeah I'm going to go with the favorite there minus 130 for Pedro Martinez. And then for my dog, oh, this is tricky. I'm going to go with something a little bit, I'd say, unexpected. I'm going to go with the over two and a half sets in the ramos Vinolas varias match, and that's around plus 130. I love I see, it. I see a battle there. I think that ramos Vinolas every, every match in this tournament, it might only be one match. I think it's going three sets. I just see... A bunch of ebbs and flows. I think you're going to see a lot of chaos. Uh, Varias has been very solid on clay lately, but so is Ramos Vinolas. And we've seen them not afraid to really just go back and forth. That's been Ramos Vinolas' entire career. He's willing to go best of three, full three. I mean, he's, he really is uh, not a huge straight set guy. I see a battle there. Give me over two and a half sets of plus one third. But, and uh, any of you have any thoughts on either of those? Uh, you said over two and a half sets is what you're going for? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's, that match is going to be a war. I see that as well. Uh, Ramos Vanillas, he got the bye there, but uh, he took down Tabiner pretty well, Varias. So I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, plus 130 is not a bad deal. I, I just see a battle. I, I think I think Varias is actually going to win. That, that's also an underdog, I think. So if you want to look for Varias in three, which I might have to pull up for a second, um, but... Sorry, let me just see what I can get here. Um, I wonder what team is going to be to win the quarter. That's a good question. I saw a team to win two nothing. By the way, is like minus one eighty five tomorrow. Yeah, if you're tempted by that. But I think team to win two zero or Kokanak is to win two zero minus one eighty minus one seventy. They're both solid plays, especially parlay. Keep it low stakes. Use that as an anchor. I think that's a smart smart idea. Uh, yeah, but I see Varias is around plus one ten. Uh, Varias to win in three sets. Plus 360. I'm interested. Just going to throw that out there. I'm interested. I think Varese is actually very good. I think he has the ability to do that. I I honestly expected it to be a little lower than that. So 360, I think it's worth your your pizza money. I mean, hell, I saw him win the first two sets against Felix in the first round of the French Open. I know that he's a solid clay player. But I think it's going to do it for this episode. It's been a bit of a long one, but we had a bonus tournament. We usually have two ATP events. We had three. So there you go. But Sam... Let the people know where they can find you. I'm always here on this podcast. I'm always here with Scott, um, summarizing some tennis, picking some tennis plays. Happy to have Stone here, but at Sam Jacob Tennis on Twitter. Find me there. I know I haven't put out enough content, but it's coming. Trust me. Stay with me. Okay. And Stone, what about you? Where can the people find you? At Lebano at Stone on Twitter. Uh, weekdays on ESPN West Palm, ESPN 106.3 down here in sunny South Florida. Um, Stone Labanowitz with two Z's on uh, Instagram, but very active on both platforms. So hit me up, give out free plays for days, and uh, glad to be hanging with Scott and Sam all day. Yep, so it's fun having you on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Uh, besides that, still doing, of course, tennis podcast, WNBA gambling podcast. We haven't done an NBA episode in a couple weeks, but we should be doing one soon. And yeah, so just... Keep an eye for me. I'll be guest appearing on a bunch of random pods. But until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.